The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments, and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the New Grad Physio podcast. In this episode, we've got quite a controversial topic and I'm going to talk about manual therapy. So depending on where you look, who you listen to, what you read, you'll hear often two very different opinions about manual therapy and how you can use manual therapy in your day-to-day practice. It seems almost like you have to be in one camp or the other. Either you love manual therapy and use it all the time, or you hate it with a passion, and you know you you, you will touch it with a with a sort of barge pole, and there's there's sort of no middle ground um, whatsoever. I think the um, the problem with this, and, I, and I'll talk through my own thoughts on on your manual therapy in in a moment, but I think first and foremost, as a new grad, this makes it quite confusing because these I guess gurus and so called experts, some of them are telling you one thing. Some of them are telling you something completely different. So you're a bit unsure yourself about what to do. Do you use manual therapy? You know, if you do, when do you do it? What do you use it for? Or do you stay clear of it? And that's really what I'm going to discuss in, in this podcast. So yes, I guess to start off with, for the record, I use manual therapy. I actually use it quite a lot. How I use it now, you know, 12 years uh, graduate, is very different to how I first started using manual therapy. I'll discuss why that's why that's changed um, and I'll also discuss in detail about I guess what we're trying to achieve when we when we consider using manual therapy I think the crux of you know the podcast is going to be I'm, I'm not summarizing it already right at the start but it's basically we've got manual therapy as a tool it's something we can use but the, the biggest thing with I guess with any patient and rehab is exactly the same thing is that we pick the right intervention whether that is manual therapy, whether that is rehab exercises, whether that's a combination of both, for the right patient, for the right problem at the right time. And that, and that is key to what we do as a physio, sports therapist or sports rehab, regardless of the, I guess, the area of therapy that you work. So I use it a lot. And, you know, despite the lack of evidence for manual therapy, there's not a whole lot of stuff out there. But I use it because I can use 
manual therapy techniques to get quick changes to the patients or athletes that I'm working with, predominantly to pain, to demodulate pain, and to actually give me a window to, to do the rehab I actually want them to do. But there's times when manual therapy doesn't work, and often because it's used poorly, or it's used without, I guess, the guess the knowledge and reasoning about what you're actually trying to do when you're using manual therapy with the patients or athletes you're working with. And again, my practice and my use of manual therapy has vastly changed. When I, when I first started out, I was spending a lot of time on manual therapy, but probably I didn't really understand again, what I was trying to do. And and also, like so many other therapists, I was probably using it because I was more comfortable in my hands-on skills than I was with actually prescribing and coaching rehab, which I know is a problem for so many of you out there. But now I, I sort of understand, I've sort of learned with, with experience and, and again, be relying on the evidence as well, that I don't always need manual therapy. And, you know, there's times when it's really useful and very helpful. There's times when it's not. And I guess it's understanding and about when to use different types of interventions. And I, and I guess in, in a nutshell, that's clinical reasoning, isn't it? It's being able to pick the right intervention at the right time for the right patient problem. But if you are using man- manual therapy, how do you use it? And, and when does manual therapy not work? So again, I certainly made a mistake myself as a new grad and I see this with new grads all the time where there's almost, and again, this is probably being influenced by those those gurus and people on social media where you almost, even at the very start of your career, uh, are heavily biased towards one or the other. You're either very hands-on uh, or you're very rehab biased. And that, again, is probably the people that you follow, you, in theory, maybe respect and listen to, uh, uh, probably have, have have quite a heavy um, bias on you, on your, I guess, ways of working. And, you know, some of this is reflected on where you work. For example, you know, if you're working in the National Health System and National Health Service, you know, there is, a, I guess, a bias towards rehab because ultimately maybe you've not got the, the time that you might have in a private practice setting or a sports setting. So it is very, you know, rehab dominant. On the flip side, in private practice and sports settings, there is this also notion, and it's a misconception, that pain, you know, patients and athletes require hands-on, that they need and expect hands-on treatment, which is certainly not the case. But they're the sort of two... I guess two different different areas, the NHS, and then you've got your private practice and sports settings on the on the other side of things, where there are some biases towards how we use manual therapy in those settings. And again, I say this all the time, and, and again to generalize a little bit, there's more hands-on work being done in private practice and sports settings than there is in the NHS. And again, that is sometimes due to the constraints, but also the, the ways of working in those different environments but one of the big things in regards to hands-on particularly with therapists working in private practice and sports settings is that reliance on those skills that you feel more comfortable you know rubbing someone's hamstring or or quads or treating them using you know active release type techniques mobilizing joints etc than you do actually with rehab and again it's it probably fits I guess your bias and your um I guess what you're confident with really 
that you do the things that you're most comfortable doing again and not necessarily the the best interventions at that time for the patient or athlete that's actually in your clinic room and again this is the the classic case and i and i did this as a as a new grad where you spend you know 90% of your appointment you know you've got a 45 minute slot you you're treating them your patient, you know, you bring them into the clinic room, speak for a few minutes, jump on the bed, do a few tests, you spend half an hour treating them, and then you're looking at the clock thinking, wow, I've only got five minutes left, I need to, you know, I need to get them off the bed, give them some rehab, you, you sort of blast, the, blast through your rehab, give them a couple of exercises right at the end of the session, because you want to give them something to go away with, um, so you spent, you know, 90% plus of the session on hands-on work, and a very small amount of time on the rehab that you've rushed at the end of the session uh and i you know that's certainly how i operated as a as a new grad and, and it's certainly um a story that i hear all the time from from new grads like you and i personally did that because i was just probably more comfortable doing that uh and also i was getting some decent results with manual therapy don't, don't get me wrong most of the time but i guess over time and experience and seeing more patients and also seeing more athletes there's probably one thing that I, that I learned that manual therapy is great and can change things quite quickly in pain and range of movement and, and restore um, muscle output and things like that really, really quickly in literally a minute or two with, with the right technique. But manual therapy is only as good as a rehab that follows. And I, and I certainly didn't understand this concept as a new grab, but it, it makes complete sense. Now, I, I used to wonder, you know, as a new grad, why some of the athletes I was working with and some of the patients that I was working with would often feel great after treatment. I'd restore range of movement, I'd restore, you know, output of hamstrings, quads, you know, glutes, things like that with my actual hands-on work. But no sooner had they jumped off the bed, then their symptoms were back. They'd be in the gym or they'd go out running or they'd go out and train and then, you know, their their back pain, knee pain, you know, calf pain would, would be back and, and, I, and I couldn't really get my head around why it was happening and I'm sure you've had similar things yourself with, the, with your own patients and the athletes that you've what you've worked with and I think the, the question that I sort of started to ask myself then is you know I'm using manual therapy I'm getting these you know quick changes which is great but they're not sticking and, and, and why was that the case surely you know it, it seems like it's helpful but I wasn't really, really sure as to, I guess I was using it in sort of in, in the right way. And again, if you think about it, the right intervention, whether that's hands-on, whether that's rehab, is only the right intervention if it's used with the right patient, with the right intentions at the right time. And whether that's hands-on work, whether that's rehab, they're, they're, they're the same thing. So I guess if you're using manual therapy and it's something or something that you want to explore more and use more of, there's reasons why it might not be working. And, you know, one of the, there's probably two, two, two big things, really. Either, one, you're not doing the technique in the right way, which, again, could obviously result in not getting the result that you want. Or maybe you're actually trying to fix a problem that's not there. So this actually comes down to, to you actually treating the wrong thing, which, again, is, is not actually a hands-on treatment technical problem, if you like. It's usually assessment problems. So again, a lot of the, the rehab errors and a lot of the manual therapy errors that I see when I first start working with therapists in my membership and we, we get our heads together and we see where we're going to start to, to help them improve their, their clinical skills and their practice 
is they often think they've got a problem with rehab prescription or the type of, um, I guess, tools they've got in their toolbox in terms of manual therapy techniques. But often it's not. And quite often it's actually an assessment problem where they're probably not identifying the actual true cause of a patient's problem. They're not actually able to identify clearly the problems that they're going to prioritise with their patient and hence be really specific with any hands-on work or rehab that they prescribe with their patients. So again, if you're trying to fix a problem that's not there, clearly you're probably not going to fix that problem. So again, not all manual therapy or rehab problems are actually manual therapy and rehab problems. A lot of them are assessment problems and there's probably flaws in your subjective and objective assessments that are leading you down the wrong path. So ultimately you're trying to fix something that doesn't actually need fixing. And the actual problem or problems that do need fixing are left unfixed. And that's one of the probably primary reasons, the biggest reasons why so many patients, athletes, progress through rehab seemingly okay, but as soon as we ramp up their rehab, as soon as we give them the green light to go back in the gym, back running, back to work, they regress really quickly. Also, one of the biggest misconceptions with manual therapy is what we're actually trying to do with manual therapy. So I hear these claims, and you, see, you might see it all the time on socials, that manual therapists, body workers are telling you things like they're you know, breaking up scar tissue, releasing tissues. And these are pretty bold claims because there is actually zero evidence that manual therapy does any of these things. You know, when we probably use manual therapy i think one thing we need to acknowledge that we're probably not influencing the tissues the muscles the ligaments the skin tendons fascia all those soft tissue structures in the way that we that we are led to believe we're not breaking up scar tissue we're not necessarily releasing tissues you know basically what we're doing is just loading tissues so i like to see manual therapy as a different way to load tissues like you would with any sort of rehab exercise so we're just trying to load the body Clearly, we can be quite specific with our hands because we're trying to load a particular um, structure. For example, near, near enough, all the manual therapy that I work is often around the musculocutaneous junctions of a muscle. And the reason for that is we know that approximately 60%, 70% of force goes through the, the MTJ. So again, it's a really easy way if, for example, I was working with a calf or Achilles problem, I would look at probably working on the distal um, gastroc and soleus uh, musculocutaneous junction because I know the majority of the load when the calf's working is going through that junction. So I can be quite specific with, with what I'm actually treating and where I'm treating. And then what I would do is I would test um, a patient's, you know, one of their one of their markers, so that might be a knee to wall, it might be a single leg calf raise, it might be pain and palpation, it might be um, some pain on jump testing or inability to do those sort of things. I would do my intervention and then I would retest whatever, I guess, outcome measure I, I was looking at to see if it's actually changed. And again, one of the big things, uh, I guess, that, I, that I've changed greatly with what I do, I would generally treat an area for probably one to two minutes max and then retest. I used to, as a new grad, I would treat everything. So if I had a, again, sticking with the calf or an Achilles problem, I would probably spend half an hour rubbing the calf and then retest. 
and it's probably not necessary. I can get the, you know, the same changes and you can get the same changes by being more specific with what you're actually trying to treat rather than just trying to treat everything around their injury, which is hard work for you physically It's and it's largely a waste of time for you and your patient when we can be working on other things because the last thing you want to do is spend half an hour rubbing someone's calf for them to get off the bed to retest them and to be exactly the same. You, you've wasted a half an hour of... You know, of that session, which is you know two thirds of their of their session potentially longer, depending on how long your sessions are. So I see manual therapy as a way of loading a patient or an athlete, and and also you know almost as part of their their treatment plan, and that is in combination with the, the rehab that they will do. What manual therapy often is is that first part of loading why and this is why you're you know again generalizing a little bit but with the majority of injuries that you'll see you will typically or i typically and a lot of therapists will typically do more manual therapy at the start of the rehab process and less towards the end they're sort of inversely related you know for me you can't you can't do one without the other and as the treatment plan and rehab plan progresses you are likely to do less manual therapy and likely to do more sort of rehab and spend more time you know on rehab and less time on manual therapy and that is probably true for you know 99% of of injuries that you will see so is manual therapy a myth or a marvel it's, it's definitely a very controversial topic i think what is clear is manual therapy is probably not doing what some therapists are telling you it is I also think on the flip side of that, that manual therapy, just to just disregard it, is also probably the wrong option because it get it can have some great results, quick results when used appropriately. So I'm certainly one of those therapists, probably on my own and a small group of therapists that are in the middle and see the benefits of manual therapy, also see the downsides of manual therapy. So again, it's all about... I guess, probably changing your perception of what we're actually trying to do when we use manual therapy. We're not breaking scar tissue. We're not releasing tissues. We're just using it as a way to load patients. It can be really effective to restore range of movement, to restore you know, output of muscles. It, it can be really effective for pain. So again, that's why it can be really effective, particularly at the start of the, the sort of rehab process. But Again, it's not going to be effective without the right rehab. And whether it's manual therapy, whether it is rehab that you are using, it's all about using the right intervention at the right time to fix the right problem. And again, if we get that wrong, then we're probably not going to get the, the results that we want. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. It's clearly, like I say, a very uh, controversial topic. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, you know, you can reach out to me on any of my socials, just um, send me a direct message. I'd love to hear your thoughts on manual therapy. Do you use it? Do you not use it? And your reasons behind that. Um, you can email me if you want, andy at newgradphysio.com. And finally, if you wanted to learn a little bit more about how you can use the manual therapy, how you can use rehab, and how to actually piece out all of this together. So one of the big things that university does not teach us very well, it tells us we get an injury, we diagnose it in this way, using these tests, with this problem, do this treatment technique, or use this rehab exercise, and then the I guess the problem is fixed. But if you've seen any patients 
maybe on placement, maybe you're a qualified therapist, you'll know that these textbook cases do not exist. So what you need to treat, what you need to rehab is the patient that is in front of you. And every single patient you see is different. You'll never see two patients that are the same. They might have the same problem, but they're probably got different past medical history, different occupations, different end goals. That They're never, ever going to be the same. So that's why those, I guess, cookie-cutter textbook cases and, I guess, plans just don't work. We need to be able to assess a patient, pick out their main problems, prioritise these problems, and then give the patient... The, the right intervention at the right time and actually know actually how then and and actually have the confidence and clarity about how you're actually going to progress a patient from A to B. So from injury and back to full health, whatever full health is for that particular patient. So if you want to know how to piece all this together, you're subjective, you're objective to actually your rehab planning and treatment planning, then just let me know. So get in touch. Um, message me the word fast track either on any of my socials or my email which is andy at newgraphphysio.com and I will give you some more information it's been great as always for you to join me on the podcast I really do appreciate you giving up your time energy and attention and I hope you can join me on the next episode of the new grad physio podcast thanks again and have a great day Thanks for listening to the New Grad Physio podcast. Before you head off, I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The Five Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.